Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Eric Barger is back with more insight into how you and I can have spiritual victory over the powers of darkness. As you're looking at the calendar, make sure you put one of our upcoming conferences on your schedule. August 11th and 12th, Bill Federer leads a lineup of speakers ready to bring clarity to the chaos in Colorado Springs. On Saturday, September 30th, we'll be having a special one-day conference in Des Moines, Iowa, featuring Michael Hoggard, Greg Patton, Larry Stamm, Josh Davis, and Micah Van Hus. And our largest conference of the year will be a massive three-day conference in Columbus, Ohio, October 26th through the 28th. Over a dozen speakers, including our special keynote speaker, Jonathan Kahn. Registration for these conferences is now open. Call 1-800-652-1144 and reserve your spot. Seats are filling up. Don't miss your opportunity to hear Jonathan Kahn live in person. Visit the events page of our website, swrc.com. We want to see you at these upcoming conferences, friends. The complete lineup of speakers, topics, and schedules are found at swrc.com. Simply click on events or call 1-800-652-1144. Time for part two of our series, Disarming the Powers of Darkness, with Greg Patton and his guest, author Eric Barger. Eric Barger, welcome to Southwest Radio Church's Watchman on the Wall. Thank you, Dr. Patton. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. What are we going to do in 2023 in the days ahead as the Lord tarries? You talked about it yesterday in the program that we are considered radical in so many ways, which I never felt that I have been really. I felt that I was quite normal. But today, you're radical when you speak the truth of the Word of God. I think we've been packaged as radical by the world because, honestly, they really don't want to hear what we have to say. And so they have to marginalize us by calling us extremists or radicals or whatever words are are used to do that. And people, obviously, would just like not to hear the truth that we're all sinners and we need a Savior, and there is a Savior, and He offers salvation freely. But a lot of people just don't want to hear that. In this day and age... A lot of people just think this is old time and it, it doesn't have any meaning for our lives today. And yet if there's ever a day and age in our lives when uh, what we have to say is important for those around us, it is today. We're coming down to the, the last days of this age. I'm not a uh, fatalist about that. I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, but with every day that I've got, uh, I need to do what I can do to bring other people into Christ and continue to uphold the standard of the gospel. And so it's just a matter of us understanding what our job is and our obligation in the day we live in. And first and foremost, it's, it's never to uh, underestimate what the enemy would want to do to try to stop us. We're talking to Eric Marger, Disarming the Powers of Darkness. You had another book similar to this, did you not? I did. In fact, Disarming was actually a part of another project, and both of them, both both ends of it, if you will, both halves, got to be uh, so sizable, we decided to break them up into two books. But the other one's called Entertaining Spirits Unaware. I've always said that these two books, this project and the other one, 
probably the best stuff I've ever written as far as most complete. And I'm really happy with Disarming the Powers of Darkness in its rewrite. We're able to go back and add some things that I saw later on need to be added. So really happy with it. And I, I think it'll benefit a lot of people. It absolutely will. SWRC.com if you'd like to get a copy of Disarming the Powers of Darkness by Eric Barger. Or you can call 1-800-652-1144. If I may ask you, what's happened that you would want to maybe add some things to that? Just short up places in the book that I felt like the wording could have been better. And like I said, it was part of another project and, and got uh, maybe a little bit of an afterthought to it rather than just being a, the main course. But it may be the, the best single thing I've ever written and produced. And so I'm grateful for that, but can't pick out a spot in my mind where I actually I did something, but we added lots of words to it, re-edited it. Now it's a hardback book as well, so it's very well done. It is. It's an excellent book. We highly recommend it to all those of you listening today. Spiritual warfare, some ground rules. What are ground rules for spiritual warfare since a lot of people doesn't even, they don't even believe it exists? Well, and that's maybe the biggest problem is just trying to convince people that, hey, we're going to be in a war the rest of our lives. I said this yesterday, but a lot of people weren't, weren't able to listen, and here I'm saying it again. Understanding that everything we do has got to be based on the word. It's not about demon chasing. I've always said this. I have what I call the 90-10 approach, that spiritual warfare is 90% you and I deciding that we're going to walk in the personal victory God gave us and 10% actually dealing with the demonic realm. So it's not about deliverance necessarily, that we certainly believe in people being delivered from the powers of darkness, but it's all about you and I making the decision we're going to walk with him and give him the eminence in our lives that is needed, that he is due, and go forth in the victory that's been won for us. You obviously have confronted the uh, spirits of darkness, as have we numerous times. Uh, We even had a Baptist church in Indianapolis where we were uh, preaching one Sunday morning. At the end of the service, had a black goat come into the foyer, right down the aisle to Pastor and I in the front row and just kind of looked around almost human-like. It was unbelievable. But we have dealt with so many people who have had demonic problems. Maybe you could share one or two instances of confrontation you've had. I'm thinking of one in particular that took place at a large university in the Midwest. Actually, I'll just say it, Southern Illinois University. I had been asked by the, the Baptist Student Union to come there and to speak about Halloween on Halloween night. Oh, wow. Now, you can imagine what that meant. Oh, wow. Um, Regardless of any of the demonic stuff going on, what the humans were doing was enough. As I began my presentation that night, and this is, I'm going to guess now, about 25 years ago. So I began my presentation, and it was really hard. I mean, I was slogging along, just trying to, it was hard to get the words out of my mouth. And about five minutes in, I just said, folks, we we need to stop and pray. And I had an audience at that point, probably two-thirds of their their auditorium was full that night. And so I stopped and prayed. And during my prayer, I said something akin to, Satan, we understand what you want to try to do. And you are powerless here by the blood of Jesus Christ and by his gracious word. I said something like that. At some point during my prayer, people applauded. And I didn't understand exactly what that meant. When I got done, a lot of people applauded. And I knew I had a lot of unbelievers in the room. But as soon as I began presenting again, 
as soon as I started into my presentation, it was like everything was just clicking and I had peace and, you know, there was no effort to be able to get the, the presentation out there. When I finished, I wasn't even off the platform yet, and the uh, the president of the Baptist Student Union ran up to me, and he was the guy I had been communicating with previous to getting there. And he said, you don't realize what happened. You don't know what took place when you prayed. And I, I had no idea. And he said, well, the Witches' Coven on this university campus are pretty active. And they set up tables around campus and try to attract people. And they came in as you were praying and sat in the first two rows right in front of you. And when you said that, it was like their power was gone. Any power that they, they had to try to pray against what we were doing was gone. I had no idea what took place, but I do know the victory that took place that night, especially in my own personal life, just trying to make my presentation and to make it make sense and to present it in, a, in the way I know I can. But I'll never forget that night, knowing what the power of prayer does, what the power of God's Word is all about, and the power of the blood. I said something about the blood of Christ in my prayer. When it was finished, these people applauded. I thought, what's going on? The witches come in and didn't applaud, obviously. But the other people did because they knew who those people were. The kids in that audience knew that the witches come in. They were dressed that way. You saw that. Pretty pronounced point of spiritual warfare and spiritual victory in my life. That is something else. Eric Barger sharing just one instance on a Midwest campus here. We were in Mentone, Indiana, one Wednesday night. They built it a teen night and filled up the church there at the First Baptist Church, and I was waxing eloquent against the enemy when all of a sudden started to hear a little cracking, some other sounds really weird, and all of a sudden the ceiling gave loose in that church. They hit every exit. Everybody was gone, but me and one little old lady. And uh, I went up to her and said, <laughs> I said, ma'am, I've got to commend you. I said, all of us, fearful here, scared, ran out every door we could, and you just sat here. I said, I just want to commend you. She said, sir, that's not it at all. I was too scared to move. And so it could happen, which reminds me, a chapter in your book is titled The Fascination with Fear. And, and so many people really are scared of the devil or any talk about the demonic, etc. And I've always been puzzled by that. Maybe you can address that. It's no secret that today our pulpits are silent about these kind of things. That is a tragedy. I know you and I both feel exactly the same way about this. It's a tragedy that we're deciding to ignore, just like so many pulpits ignore any talk about the end times. If we ignore these things, how can we expect our people to be prepared in their daily life when these topics come up or if these things begin to happen in their lives? Fear gives way to the enemy, gives him a place to work and operate, and he loves to have a place where he can operate in our lives. And so I think it's an important thing for us to recognize that as we stand in Jesus Christ, we have, we have the victory. We have personal victory in him. He's victorious above it all. But we are going to have to face the fact that things are going to come at us in our humanity that are going to be disconcerting. I always try to lay those things before the Lord when they're taking place, to let him have total control in our lives over those things. And so it's a matter of getting fear out of our lives. Fear has no place for a Christian. We don't embrace the spirit of fear. 
Uh, instead, it's power, love, and a sound mind. That's what the Scripture says to us. That's one of the best things you've said so far, because so many people, I talk to them, meet them every day, scared to death of even the topic. He's not given us a spirit of fear. So uh, let's say that I'm unfamiliar with a lot of this, and I've heard you talk, and uh, I want you to share with me, how can I uh, keep myself from falling into any of this, the spiritual warfare part or uh, the deception of Satan and his demons? What can you tell me? Until we give our lives to Christ, we're already under his control. We have to change sides first and foremost. Amen. And instead of, and you may say, well, I've never worshipped Satan. I don't even believe he exists. Well, if you're not a Christian, you're, you're still working on his side, believe it or not. So it's a matter of you've been given a way out. You've been given the way, first and foremost, to salvation for eternity, but also to have victory in this life as we live today. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have aversion come at us. It doesn't mean we're not going to have battles. It doesn't mean we're not going to have temptations. But uh, if we come to Christ, number one, first and foremost, is the most important thing I've ever done, the most important thing you've ever done or any of the listeners. And so it's all a matter of submitting our lives to Christ and following what the Word of God says. Just join us. We're talking to Eric Barger, Disarming the Powers of Darkness, available at Southwest Radio Church, swrc.com, or call 1-800-652-1144. I've said this on my daily radio show, that uh, this is not your grandma's America. In fact, I'm writing a book right now called The New America, A Flood of Evil. I mean, it's unbelievable what we're seeing today. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. What we accepted 50, 60, 70 years ago, it's amazing how it's changed. I mean, they wouldn't show Elvis from the hips down on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, right. So that's that's just one example of where we were at. That was the secular world that was editing what was accessible to to be seen in, in the front rooms of people. So it's pretty amazing. No question about it. What should a Christian do? Um, you know, something strange is happening here in my life, perhaps. Uh, you can call depression, depression, demonization, all kinds of terminology out there. What should I do if I sense that something's just not right? It's different. I would encourage people to inspect their lives. Take a look and see if there's any open door, some place where you've allowed Satan to, to operate or room to operate. And then I would also enlist the help of other mature Christians to pray with you and pray for you if you have something going on like that. And it could be a lot of different things. It could be all just an attack on your mind. It could be an attack on your family. It could be an attack on your business. It could be all those things. That's where you start is look and see, is there a spot where I've got an open door? And just declare the truth of God's word over that particular area, whatever it might be. If you if you do find something or if God alerts you to some area that maybe you weren't completely aware of that was that was an opening for Satan to be able to operate. This is not something that has a lot of mystery attached to it. Satan wants you to have all kinds of fear and fright and and to walk in that kind of thinking about it. But this is a matter of just practical acceptance and application of God's word. So let's go here. Spiritual warfare, I think. I think everybody should know. They should have some degree of knowledge of this. This isn't something you want to make a major out of, so to speak, but it is something you need knowledge about. I've always said that we don't need to hear sermons on hell every Sunday morning, but we do need one every once in a while. We need a balanced view of what the Bible presents to us. And the things we understand about spiritual warfare come right from the Word of God. And so to the pastors out there, I would just say, 
why aren't we preaching the entire counsel of the Word of God? Why do we decide not to preach on something that we think is somehow controversial or might be offensive to somebody? We need to preach the entire counsel of the Word of God because we're going to stand before him someday as ministers and give an account for what we did and what we were able to do and didn't do. That's a great point, Eric. Two things I believe today. The church is hurting. She doesn't want to hear about prophecy and does not want to hear about the demonic workings or spiritual warfare. They may be the most controversial areas. There may be some others, too, but I'll, I'll take those two theological areas as possibly two of the, of the very most, if not the most, controversial things that we face today. Just trying to convince many pastors to preach on either of those topics it's amazing. You and I should have a place to speak every Sunday morning. If pastors want their people to understand the things that they don't feel fit or confident to speak about, or maybe not as well-versed as we who deal with these things on a full-time basis, then we should be out there speaking. But instead, sometimes people look at you like you've come from another planet when you begin to talk about either of those two issues, spiritual warfare or anything about eschatology and the end times. I think I love you. You're right on target. (laughs) (laughs) Disarming the Powers of Darkness. Incredible work by Eric Barger. Fearless Conquers in Spiritual Warfare. Available today at swrc.com or call 1-800-652-1144. This guy has his act together and he knows what he's talking about. I have been absolutely blessed yesterday and today. And we're so grateful here at Southwest Radio Church for you giving us the time, my brother. Thank you. Disarming the Powers of Darkness is providing every believer a battle plan for spiritual victory. Eric Barger draws on many decades of personal experience and research. With emphatic reliance on the Word of God, you'll be challenged, enlightened, and strengthened to take up the armor of God and fight the good fight, disarming the powers of darkness day by day. Order your copy of Disarming the Powers of Darkness today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or visit our website, swrc.com. Staff Evangelist Josh Davis is ready to share a moment of prophecy. Today, Josh discusses a few of the reasons why some Christians are intimidated by studying the book of Revelation. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Revelation. What happens when you hear that phrase from a preacher or pastor or whomever it may be, a Bible study group? I bet you have one of two reactions. Number one, you're like, yes, this is amazing. I can't wait. This is going to be great. Let's turn to the book of Revelation. I wonder what they're going to talk about. This is going to be awesome. Or maybe you're in the second group of people that says, oh, another sermon and another message from the book of Revelation. Here we go again. I wonder what this is going to be. There's a a love-hate relationship with the book of Revelation more than perhaps any other book of the Bible in today's church. Can you think of any other book of the Bible that elicits such a strong reaction when you just merely mention the title of the book? Maybe some of the Old Testament prophetic books have a similar reaction to Revelation. 
Maybe the Song of Solomon is lumped in there too because Christians, we really don't know how to handle that one, do we? But when you're reading through the New Testament and you come to Revelation, why does it disorient so many Christians and seem to really throw them for a loop? Why do churches ignore teaching on this book in percentage to how they focus on other books of the Bible? I want to give you some of the reasons why this may be and hopefully help you to come to a greater appreciation for the book of Revelation as part of God's word that he has given to us so that we may know him better. So let's consider a few reasons why we have such a strong love-hate relationship with the book of Revelation, perhaps more than any other book of the Bible. I think it is an intimidating book for many Christians. And let's talk about this for just a minute. When you're on your way to Revelation, you're reading through the New Testament, you're reading your merry way, just gently going through Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Hebrews, and it's very straightforward, it's doctrinal, it's highly practical. You come to James and First and Second and Third John and all these highly practical, this is how you ought to live in today's world and lays it all out there for you. Very straightforward. And to me, that's like being on a roller coaster and you're ratcheting up a slow hill. Have you ever been on a roller coaster like that? And it begins by just ratcheting, click, 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 going up a hill. And there you are taking in the scenery, looking around you and seeing all the beautiful things that are there. And you're going up, going up slowly, escalating higher and higher and higher. And then you get to that top, that apex, and you know what's going to come. You're, you're going to start going down extremely fast. And so when you come to the book of Jude, that small book, it's like the apex of the hill. And it's like, uh-oh, I feel like there's a change coming. And then whoosh, there you go down the hill, through the loops, up and down and twists and turns and left and right. And you're going so fast and you're speeding through this long distance of, of time and space. And you're just thrown for a loop. I think that that's really what happens when you come to the end of the Bible. And when you come to the end of a roller coaster, you're just, your heart is beating fast. You're looking around you. You're saying, wow, what did we just ride through? That was amazing amazing ride. What, what just happened there? And your mind tries to catch up with you. Well, I think that's a lot like Revelation can be for many Christians. You're reading through straightforward doctrinal books, practical teaching. Then you come into this book that's talking about beasts and scrolls and trumpets, and you're in heaven in one minute, and then you're back on earth the next minute, and it's scene change after scene change, and you're spanning time and eternity, literally thousands of years of human history that are yet to come, really human future, is explored in this marvelous book. And we come to the end of the book like we come to the end of a roller coaster ride and we're looking around and we're disoriented and we're dizzy and we're saying, which way do I go? What's up? What's down? So that's one of the reasons. And we can move past that. We can go beyond that. And we should go beyond that. And I want to help you to see how we can do that in just a couple minutes. But let me give you a couple other reasons 
why we have such a love-hate relationship with the book of Revelation. Secondly, some Christians have really gotten lost staring at the individual trees in this book of Revelation. And they stare at them so deeply that they can't recognize the forest for the trees. The whole Bible is certainly worthy of our deep study. I'm not saying it isn't. However, Revelation's type of literature, the apocryphal genre that it is, it's easy to really get sucked into a deep dive into these individual parts. And to be honest with you, some of the studies that I've sat through on Revelation, it really left me feeling lost in the woods. We're going to be talking about the fifth beast with the twelfth horn and going to be explaining this very little detail for 45 straight minutes. And you're like, what did we just learn about what's going on here on the 165th day of the Great Tribulation? And we're lost in the middle of this. It can become so convoluted that you lose sight of the bigger picture. A third reason that people have a love-hate relationship with Revelation is that a handful of speakers and authors have used Revelation as a springboard for a lot of subjective speculation. Instead of teaching the text and explaining God's Word, they speculate on wild theories that the Bible makes little to no mention of. You know, and there was a season in my life Again, if I'm just transparent and honest with you, that the abuse of speculation in Bible prophecy really turned me off from studying the book of Revelation and Bible prophecy in general. However, when I began to simply read this book and other books of the Bible, I saw such marvelous truths. I fell back in love with this beautiful book of the Bible and its powerful teachings and its ultimate hero. And that, I believe, is the solution for a love-hate relationship with Revelation, especially if you're on the side of, ugh, here we go, another prophecy message. Let me encourage you, read the book of Revelation. Just open it up and read it. Don't come at it with any preconceived notion or anything else. Just come to the text and begin to read it. And I want to encourage you, when you're reading through that book of Revelation, look for Jesus. See Christ. Revelation 1.1. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what this book is about. As it says in chapter 1, and then again at the end of the book, I am the Alpha and the Omega. If we miss Jesus, we've missed it all. So I hope that you will fall back in love with the book of Revelation as I have. And may God bless you as you grow in Christ Jesus. Make sure you order Eric Barger's book, Disarming the Powers of Darkness. Disarming the Powers of Darkness answers critical battleground questions, like how can we tell what is of Satan and what is of our flesh? Where exactly does spiritual warfare take place? How do we deal with spirits of fear and uncertainty? Does Satan know my thoughts and hear my prayers? And how can we be victorious in a culture that is increasingly dark? Call today and order your copy of Disarming the Powers of Darkness. 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, best-selling author and Bible teacher Jeff Kinley will begin a brand new series entitled God's Grand Finale. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for over 90 years by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.